Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello and welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation and to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Subscribe and never miss an episode. Today, we're looking at sales once again. You will hear me come back to sales over and over. It's a drum that I beat relentlessly to small business owners because I get it. Most of you don't enjoy sales, you don't like sales, and you didn't set up your business to do sales. However, whether you like it or not, your butt is in the sales chair. And if you don't do it, the chances are no one's going to do it for you. So I'm going to keep coming back to sales throughout this podcast. And today, specifically, what we're looking at is who are you actually competing against when you go into a sale? When you have a prospect in front of you, a potential client in front of you, what is your competition? Who is your competition? Because if you don't know what you're competing against, how can you expect to win? So first and foremost, it's really important to understand your marketplace. You really want to know who is competing for the same business that you are competing against. Who are you regularly coming up against? You then want to work out what is it that they are beating you on. So if you're losing business consistently, you want to find out who are you consistently losing it to, and you want to try and work out why are you losing it or how are they winning it, okay? You want to get that information because without that information, you're just going to continue to repeat the cycle. You're just not going to be competitive moving forward. If at all possible, you want to work out who you're competing against in any single bid or proposal. Now, this isn't always as easy because typically you only find out who else was involved or who you were competing against once you've already potentially lost. However, if you can, try and work out who it is that you are competing against. It could be as simple as just asking your potential client, are you opening this up for tender? Are you talking to anybody else right now? If they say yes, they are, you might want to just ask them outright and just say, okay, so would you mind telling me who they are? It's very possible, depending on who you're dealing with, that they're not going to tell you that, okay? It probably depends on the type of business, how savvy they are, etc. However, some businesses will let you in to that little secret. At this point, however, it's super important that you do not disrespect your competition, you don't put them down, and certainly do not start to compete against them yet. You want to make sure, just like a general in his armies, you want to make sure that you organize yourself properly before you go on the offensive. You certainly don't want to be bad-mouthing the competition. You certainly don't want to be putting them down. It's only going to make you look bad, okay? Let your competition put you down. Let your competition disrespect you in front of potential clients. It will only make you look better. 
better. And at the very least, it will just make them look worse than you. Don't go into a meltdown. Don't freak out. If you know these people are better than you, or you know these people are like really hard and aggressive and you've lost to them in the past, etc. You literally want to maintain an absolute poker face and you just sit there and say, okay, thank you for that. It's really useful information or whatever it might be, or okay, yeah, that's really interesting or whatever it might be, okay? So the point is here, don't get caught up in the competition too early. It's, it, it's unlikely that many of your clients will give that information up freely, especially if they're blue chips or bigger companies. They're just a bit more you know, wily, a bit more savvy, etc. However, if you have a, a past relationship with this client, if you've got history with this client, then it's very possible that they might let you in on this. When I used to work even uh, supplying into corporates and big blue chips, for example, and global companies, I had a good relationship. And I knew that quite often I wasn't the only person they were talking to. So I knew that there was going to be competition in there. I had a great relationship with them. I would be able to say to them, right, who else have you got in on this? And they would just tell me two, three, four people that they were currently talking to. That was it. That's all the information that they gave me. That's all I asked for. I didn't react to that information. However, once I knew who I was competing against, I had a good idea of how they were potentially going to beat me or how they were going to sell against me. Does that make sense? I want you to imagine you're a boxer, you're a fighter, and I want you to imagine that if you know nothing about your competitor, you don't know whether he's got a big right hand, a big left hand, you don't know he's got a sneaky uppercut, a jab, a glass jaw, or whether he's built of oak. You don't know this, and therefore you're going in blind, and that's really dangerous, that's really risky. So as much information as you can have about your competition, the better prepared you're going to be to either be evasive and counter any potential attack on you, but also to be aggressive and to exploit any potential weaknesses in your opponent. I don't mean to make sales sound so cutthroat and ruthless and bloodthirsty, but I think it's a good analogy. So if at all possible, you want to know who are you specifically going up against in any given tender or proposal or sales pitch? At the very least, you want to know who are you typically going up against, who are you typically losing against on these deals so that you can get the information. You can go out and find out what is it that they're saying or doing or how is it that they're competing. You can actually have conversations with past clients you know, or past losses. If you don't win a proposal, you know, again, not everyone's going to do this for you, but if you lose a deal or lose a proposal or pitch, you can say, do you mind telling me what is it that we could have done better? Or what is it that the other guys did? Or what were they offering just so we can get better at it? A lot of the time, if you're dealing with someone with a bit of a heart, they don't like giving bad news to people. So especially if you've you know, excelled yourself in professionalism and you've been warm and friendly and helpful and consultative throughout the process, they will probably want to help you out as kind of a a repayment for not giving the deal, if that makes sense. So many of them may give you a little bit of time just to give you some feedback. That feedback will be, you know, what is it that maybe you could have done better or what was it that you lost on or simply what was it that we could have done in order to have given ourselves a better opportunity to win next time. You might even be able to find out exactly what the other people did in order to beat you to this particular sale. All that information goes into your databanks, gets stored, and what happens is you do a debrief on yourself at the end of it. You look at why you didn't win the business, what could you do better, and you take that and you apply it moving forward. 
It's really important, however, don't just take one piece of feedback and then change your entire sales process or your offering or your packaging or your pricing or whatever, right? Because there's always anomalies out there. So don't, don't go around taking every piece of advice or information in anything in business, not just in sales. Don't take one piece of feedback or one loss or one bit of negative feedback and change anything particularly about what you might do next time unless it's really glaring that they've made a really good, strong point, okay? Or it's something that you already had your suspicions about yourself, then you might want to take some action. But typically, what you want is data, and the more data you have, then the more accurate that data is going to be in predicting moving forward. Once you've got enough data that says X, Y, or Z, then you might be able to start to adjust how you move forward. Does this make sense? Don't be reactive. Don't be bouncing around all over the place, changing what you're doing every single time because you're never going to get your whole sales process right doing that, okay? You don't get anything right by chopping and changing based on every individual set of circumstances, okay? What you're looking for is a volume of data that makes it easier to be able to predict more reliably what needs to change moving forward. Does this make sense? I hope it does. So here's the thing. Get information on the competition if you can, because it's just going to be able to make you more stronger moving forward. I would never take on anyone directly, I've just said. I wouldn't put anyone down. I wouldn't say X is going to do this and Y is going to do this and this is how we're going to do it. You know your industry. Maybe you can get away with that. Typically, anything that looks like you're going head to head with the opponent as opposed to actually just trying to win the business normally harms you. You end up looking like a, a dirty politician where instead of actually trying to put your case forward to the masses, all you're doing is trying to put your competition down. Does that make sense? I don't know. It seems to work in politics, but I tell you now, you don't normally get away with that shit in business. You want to go in there to win the business by overwhelmingly demonstrating to your prospect that you are the right choice. However, it's important to understand that you are not just competing against other companies or other providers in your industry sector. There are actually other opponents that you're competing against in every sale or certainly in most sales and these are the hidden opponents and if you don't take these opponents on when you're putting together your presentation, your pitch or your proposal, you absolutely can come unstuck and you'll be bewildered as to why that is. So number one, you may well be selling against another individual, another organization, another product, and there may be multiple business owners or multiple products that you're competing against. However, the second opponent that you may be competing against and you may not even be aware of is this person doing it themselves. So this person has got you in, say you're a painter and decorator, they're showing you the room, they're showing you the house, and you're doing your whole spiel, and you're doing your whole competitive pitch about why you're better than all the competition, and how you are the first choice, and the best choice, and the only choice for what they have. And you might have done a brilliant job, but the one thing you didn't realize is that they were weighing up whether they were going to do it themselves, or whether they were going to get somebody else in to do it. And you never covered that off. All you did was talk about your industry, your marketplace, or your competition, or just talk about why you were the best out in the marketplace. You didn't cover the other opponent in this sale, which was, are they going to do it themselves, or are they questioning doing it themselves? 
So you might be one of the cheapest out there. Maybe you quote a thousand pound and you say, you know what? I am well aware that the a lot of the competition out there are going to charge you, you know, at least 50% more, maybe even double for this job. This is how we can cut our prices while maintaining, you know, the quality of the workmanship and everything else. You did a great job there, but what you didn't understand is a thousand pounds is still a thousand pounds compared to nothing if they were going to go and do it themselves. So you need to make sure, are you competing against that opponent? Now, you might be able to get this information out by just spending some time doing some consultative sales work. You know, just exploring the problem, exploring what they consider their solutions to be and just trying to work out what their intentions are because you may find that they tell you this. You know, they may say, well, you know, I was looking to get my husband doing it or I was looking to get my wife doing it or I was thinking about doing it myself or my brother-in-law down the road, but he's really busy and it's hard to get him in and he's a bit unreliable, but he's really cheap or he's free or, you know, they may tell you this information. If you can't find out this information, just like you might not be able to work out exactly who your direct competition is in any particular sale, you know that there's this hidden enemy that might be there, okay, this hidden opponent. So you just want to make sure that you sell against that opponent. So you might want to mention it up front. I don't know, an example I'm sharing here, it might be online saying, look, look at this room, I get it, you know, have you considered doing it yourself? And they look at it, right? Now, of course, there's a risk here. They're going to say, oh, I haven't actually, but now you mentioned that. But realistically, there's a reason they're calling you out in the first place, okay? So yes, you could be putting that thought in their head. I would say that's a very small risk compared to getting the information when they turn around to you and say, well, yeah, you know, I did the other work. I did the other stuff. The problem I've got now, though, is, you know, it's just a lot of time and that. So I'm just weighing my options up. Once you've got that information, you know what you're selling against. There's no point sitting there saying, well, I'm a thousand pounds. That's 500 pounds cheaper than somebody else. That's not saying you might not want to put that in there just to cover that base as well, but it's just understanding that actually a thousand pounds is still a lot of money compared to them doing it themselves. They've already given the clue, which is, but they're not sure about the time they've got, et cetera, et cetera. So then you compete against that. So what you would say is, right, yes, we might, you know, we are cheaper than other people. So, you know, you don't need to look anywhere else. However, here's the thing. We will have minimal impact on you. So what we absolutely specialize in is I want you to spend as minimal amount of effort on this as possible. Share with me your vision. Share with me what you want to do. You know, you might pick a couple of colors. And then honestly, you don't have to be in the house. You can hand over the key. You can leave us a key. We'll get on with it. By the time you come back at the end of the day, the job will be done. By the time you, you know, go away for the weekend, take yourself off to a spa. By the time you come back, we'll have all the job done for you. Make sense? So it changes how you, how you would be competing for this business knowing that you have this other competition. Now, even if they don't tell you this stuff, you can presume that, that there could genuinely be a option for them to do it themselves. And if there's an option for them to do it themselves, therefore you just need to cover that. So again, what you might do, and again, you know, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but you know, if you're a painter and decorator using this example, you may say something along the lines, which is, okay, look, you know, we're looking at this work here and this work here. This is tricky. This is tricky. You know, if you don't get someone in that really understands this finish, this paint service, if you don't understand, you know, how to make this work or that work, how to box this thing in, how to cover up this properly, how to mask, whatever it might be, right? In other words, what you do is you start maybe laying on the fact that this is a, a, a technically, you know, it's a, ch a challenging job. Don't make it up. Don't be a bullshitter, right? This is not what I'm saying right now. What I'm saying is you're looking for the opportunity to share with them why they wouldn't want to be doing it themselves in a way that maybe you're not saying you don't want to do this yourself, but you're covering it off if it's an option in their mind. Does this make sense? 
You're just covering your opponents here, right? As you're doing this, of course, you're also constantly elevating yourself in terms of your position in the marketplace and your knowledge and your skill set and everything else. So this is really good practice anyway. Now, there's a third opponent that is often in the ring with you and they are completely invisible, more invisible than them doing it themselves. So I'm going to stick with the painter and decorated example. As always, do a little bit of work. Make this analogy work for you in what it is that you do in your business, in your industry sector, and your client base. But sticking with the painter and decorator, this opponent is the one which is them not doing it at all. Okay? So in other words, they've got this room. They want to do the decorating. It's been niggling them for a little while. They haven't done it until now. So there's a reason they haven't done it till now. You don't know what their motivation is to coming out to you now. You don't know what their motivation is in asking you to come in and quote for this job. It might be that, you know, their husband or their wife has had enough. They've had enough. And it's like, right, enough is enough. We must get this done. It's possible. It's also possible it's been niggling them for so long and they kind of can live without doing it but they kind of feel like they want to move things forward and they're kind of committed, but not really committed. And they bring you in, say, right, here's a room. How much is it going to cost, right? You go in there, you pitch your price and off you go, right? And you lose the business. You never know why you lost the business. And then you find out in six months time, or whatever, they didn't even do the job. You've made an assumption they went with someone else. And it's what all business owners do. They lose the business. The assumption is they lost the business to someone else. But I'm showing you now there's three opponents. It's possible you lost the business to someone else. It's possible you lost the business to the person themselves doing it on their own. And it's very possible that you lost the business because they didn't do it at all. In other words, the same person that says, you know, I could do it myself and blah, blah, blah. And you've done your pitch about a thousand pounds. I'm still thinking, shit, man, a thousand pounds, a lot of effort. Maybe then go and do your pitch again about this is a skilled job, it's a technical job and everything else, right? In other words, you're covering the bets, don't do it yourself. And they're still not thinking, okay, so my choices are I go with one of your competitors or I do it myself. Now they're saying, well, I'm not an option now because it's obvious I can't do this job. So now the option is I go with you. However, the third option is, or I just procrastinate on it some more and I don't do anything about it. So you want to make sure that when you go into any sales meeting or sales proposal or pitch, that you cover that as well. Now, again, a lot of this information can be obtained by just doing what I call like sales consultative work. In other words, rather than going in there and just pitching and pushing and trying to sell and close, you get information out of them, you ask questions, you get some history about them, you build some rapport and some relationship with these people, and they will give you a lot of this information. So for example, you spend a little bit longer talking about them and trying to get behind why they're talking to you rather than just turn up and do your pitch and your proposal or whatever it might be. So now you sit there and say, right, okay, so what's your history? What's your background? Why are you doing this now? You know, are you definitely committed to doing this now? Well, you know, not 100%, but it's really becoming a bit of a pain. So this makes sense. You're getting this information. Okay, so these people are not 100% committed or they are 100% committed. Once you say, yep, they say, I'm 100% committed. It has to happen. Enough is enough. My wife done this. You don't need to press so hard on that. You might want to absolutely leverage it still, okay, as part of your proposal or part of your pitch. However, you might not necessarily lean on that so hard because, you know, if you trust them and you believe this person, again, you know, sometimes people bullshit and sometimes they're bullshitting without even knowing they're bullshitting. Like it's, it's true at the time, but they think 
you know, crazy shit up afterwards and they, they question it afterwards when they talk to somebody else or they just think about it. So it's not they say they're lying to you, but sometimes, you know, they say one thing, but it actually turns out to be something else. That's possible. But if you bind this person, you believe it to be true, you can sit there and basically just mirror back what they've said and said, right, okay, so I get it. You want this done and everything else. And, uh, you know, I want to come in there. I want to take this pressure off you. I want to take this pain away from you. And I want to make it as effortless as possible for you. We are also, you know, going to be substantially cheaper than a lot of the market place because we've worked out this XYZ magic formula, whatever it might be that we're covering here, right? Okay. Win them over and deal with it. However, if you start to find out that there is a third opponent, which is not doing it at all, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, you know, personally for me, I could live with it, but I'm getting some pressure from my husband. I'm getting some pressure from my wife or, you know, it'd be nice if we could get it sorted. But, you know, you're getting that feel. You need to sell against that opponent. You need to sell the urgency of doing it now. Now, again, please do not read anything I'm saying here as bullshitting people, manipulating people or anything. What it's doing is you want to always be authentic and honest and truthful. You're just looking for... Um, the angles, if you like, to make sure that you're covering your spread, that your 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 army, if you like, you know, is is in a place where it's making sure that it's covering all of the potential opponents to you winning this business. So I'm not saying bullshit them by saying, oh, that wiring's really dodgy. You don't do something, you could kill one of your kids. Or I'm not saying you're going and bullshit about that. But I'm telling you now, if, for example, there's some damp going on in the analogy we're using, you know, to sit there and say, right, how long has that been there? And they say, I don't know, probably six months or so. And you say something on the lines, and it has to be honest and authentic, no bullshit. But you sit there and say, look, we're coming into autumn. The rains are coming. Honestly, this is only going to get worse. And if we catch it now, we can probably minimalize the amount of damage that we've caused right now or we can reverse it completely. If you leave it much longer, then it's possible that the damage will become much worse. It's possible we then have to start looking at stripping plaster. It might be we have to start pulling some stuff out. It's gonna be a much bigger job. So I just wanna be aware of this. I get it, but if we do leave this much longer, makes sense? It's not the bullshit cowboy that kicks some tires and tries to flog you a new set of tires when you've got three mils still on your current tires by trying to scare you into dying on a motorway or something, you know, visions of you murdering, you know, I don't know, a school bus or whatever, full of kids on the motorway. This is not manipulative or bullshit. This is just being completely honest and authentic using your skills and your ability to present yourself as the expert to actually consult and support people, to serve people, to give them the best outcome, okay? And you should be the best outcome. If you're not the best provider for them, you have to question why you're there anyway, right? You might not be the best painter and decorator, but if you know that you're one of the cheapest, then you are still absolutely viable as an option to any potential customer because it's okay that you're not as good as other people because your price reflects that. That's absolutely okay. What you don't want to be doing is going into business knowing full well they should be using Harry around the corner because this is not your bag and you're, you know, you can't do this job. And let's be honest, you're scratching chin thinking, shit, man, I'm going to make a right meal of this. You know, you shouldn't be in there anyway, right? Pull out of that deal, pull out and actually go around and say, you know what? I don't think this is for me. I think you should go with someone else. Trust me, the credibility that you're going to get is going to be unbelievable in that moment. Harry's probably going to really appreciate it. You never know. He might return the favor one day. But the point is this, it has to be honest, authentic, it has to have integrity, but you need to understand that these three opponents can always be at play. And you don't want to make a, a, an assumption. You know, the first assumption that you're the only person they're speaking to, that's a big one that's going to trip you up. The second assumption that the only opponent is you and or another business or multiple businesses, that's another big assumption that's going to trip you up. You could be competing with no one. However, 
First and foremost, try and get the information you need in order to tailor your proposal, your pitch. If you can't get that information out of them, always make the assumption that you are competing against another company or multiple other companies. You are potentially competing against them doing it themselves, and you are also competing against them not doing it at all. So many business owners come unstuck because they assume that they're just competing against other companies. They also assume that they've always lost to other companies. And when I question them and challenge them and saying, did they even do the business? Did they go ahead? Did it even happen? And they don't know. So definitely follow up with that client. You know, if they say to you, no, not now, it's possible that they're fobbing you off and they're going to go with someone else. So it's possible they don't mean, you know, they mean not now. In which case, definitely say to them, okay, would it be possible if I call you back in XYZ or when would be a good time for me to follow up with this? Makes sense? Put them in your Rolodex. When you come back to doing your sales activity that month or that quarter, you put them into your planner and you bring them into your sales activity in that moment in time. When you've lost a deal, always have that debrief, right? Get the information, you know? Is there anything we could have done better was there any reason you didn't use us specifically? Was there something that the other people were doing or whatever? Or was there a reason you went with them? Or was there a reason you did it yourself? Or whatever it might be, right? Was there a reason you didn't go ahead? Find that information out. It's also okay to get back in touch with them later. You know, someone that does decorating in one room, it's very possible they might have some more stuff. So again, if you do a really good consultative sales process and you follow up lovely and nicely and respectfully and everything else, right? And then you come back to them in a month or two months' time and just say, you know, how did that job go? It's possible whoever they went with balls it up, right? It's possible it went brilliantly. But that information is really good again because they may have some other work going on. You're going to ask them, you know, is there anything else coming up, you know? The other thing is to say, I'm really glad that it worked out for you, even if you didn't do the work, you know, whatever it might be. If they did it themselves, oh my God, it was such a headache, you were right. You say, yeah, okay, you know, I kind of suspected that. You know, is there any other work that I can help you with? Does this make sense? Sales is a long game. It's not just about winning every proposal today. It's about staying in touch with people, building those relationships with people, you know, not just through social media, not just through an email marketing list or a newsletter, but actually talking to people, actually having conversations with people, getting them to know who you are. Because when the work comes back round again, which invariably it probably will, or the opportunity comes back round again, you're already going to be head and shoulders above anybody else that's in that frame. Okay, so take that into your sales moving forward. You're not just competing against your competition, you're competing against the person doing it themselves, and of course, not doing it at all. Cover your bases, get the information out. If you can, if not, make an assumption. Don't over-egg any one of these competitions because fundamentally it is about why they should choose you and fundamentally it is about what you can offer them and how you can serve them. However, you just want to cover your bases and let them know that you're definitely the right person to go with no matter what their other options are. Okay, so thanks for listening. As always, I really appreciate you giving me this time. I'm well aware that there are many people vying for your time and attention right now, so I never take it for granted that you give some of yours to me. If you're a five-figure business, maybe doing 20, 30, 40, even 50,000 in turnover, but for whatever reason, you haven't yet managed to cross the 100K turnover threshold, then get yourself over to biggerbrightbolder.co.uk forward slash fast track 
for the six-figure fast track. How to take your five-figure business to 100K or more in the next 12 months or less. I take you through the six-figure mindset you need to have in place, the six-figure business model you need to have in place, and the six-figure methodology, the day-to-day activity that's going to get you to 100K or more. It's completely free of charge. It's waiting for you right now. I'll drop the link in the description below. Go and check that out. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you next time. And until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. 